look at these 12 pillars. You know, these are the 12 topics that we cover every year. We come back around and teach it from a different slant, a different um, view. Um, and one pillar is given to each month. Um, those pillars are prayer, the word, faith, healing, prosperity, wisdom, success, the Holy Spirit, consecration or holiness, the supernatural, uh, praise, and then vision. Those are the 12 things that we cover uh, every year. We started that process in January. I was going to put prosperity ahead of success, but the Holy Spirit told me to do wisdom and then success and then prosperity. Now I understand why, because of stuff that has been breaking forth in the congregation. I'm talking about crazy stuff. I mean, every day I'm getting a phone call. I got a phone call day before yesterday. Hey, you got a minute? Uh, you know, you got to be careful how you answer that question. Yeah, and they just wanted to share with me that their that the husband they needed a car. And, and long story short, went to the dealership, and the owner of the dealership just gave them a car. I don't mean like your credit is jacked up and we're just going to help you out. No, gave them a $45,000 car paid for. And so those things have been happening. And in some of the testimonies, I'm sitting around like, Hey, I mean, you know, that's a blessing when the church is rising. You know, I've been part of a place where the only person that had something was the leader because he was taking the money to buy himself a Cadillac. And so, uh, but that's, that's one of the signs that you can tell. The Bible says God confirms the word with signs following. So that's one of the ways that you can tell that God is amongst you and you're going on the right track is that the people are getting a serious amount of manifestation. So we'll show you, share with you a lot of those testimonies. Um, and so I just want to help you understand the purpose for the seven-day fast. Um, and let's just go over this just for a moment. Matthew 6, 16 through 18 is very important. Whether you have fasted never a day in your life or you're just interested or you've been told certain things. Um, in, in Christendom or the kingdom of God, a fast without prayer is just a supernatural diet. Always remember that. It's fasting and prayer. Matthew 6, 16. When you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do. For they try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth that that is the only reward that they will ever get, which lets you know that there's a reward for fasting. But when you fast, comb your hair. I like to say it that way. Wash your face. Put some lotion on. Then no one will notice that you are fasting except your father who knows what you do in private and your father who sees everything will reward you. Okay, And so notice at the very first beginning of that, it didn't say if you fast, it said when. Now, fasting is left up to you whenever you want to do it. And there are times when the Holy Spirit will tell you, do a fast now. That means something is coming. Whenever the God tells you to do the fast, you better stop eating because he's trying to help you break something. Okay, And so, uh, but he said when you fast. So in most cases, it's left up to us. And by wisdom, we know how to do it a particular way. You know, we, a lot of us uh, have incorporated a lot of things. I personally love, I know a lot of people have been telling me about the keto diet. I personally love that. My wife put me on it. We started doing it together. I didn't mean it like a negative thing. <laughs> but, but because of the intermittent fasting part where, you know, I don't eat usually until, I don't eat anything until maybe 1, 2, sometimes 3 o'clock, sometimes 4 or 5 o'clock. And it has great benefits for the human body, but it also has great benefits for your mind and your soul. It also has great benefits, huge benefits spiritually. So I noticed that when I started doing that particular thing, my spiritual life just kind of upticked all of a sudden. And uh, my wife even noticed it. 
And so, um, so let's look at the next scripture. Matthew 17, 18 through 21 from the Passions Translation. Jesus, uh, this is a demon that the disciples, they were doing pretty good, but they ran into one that gave them a problem. So they brought it to Jesus and Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him and the boy was instantly healed. Later, the disciples came to Jesus privately and asked, why couldn't we cast out the demon? He told them, one, it was because of your lack of faith. I promise you, if you have faith inside of you, no bigger than the size of a small mustard seed, you can say to a mountain, move away from here and go over there and you'll see it move. There is nothing you couldn't do. But this kind of demon is cast out only through prayer and fasting. Okay, and so there are many other scriptures on this topic, but there, this is very important for you to realize. Um, um, whether you realize it or not, whether you like it or not, whether you believe it or not, whether you are Christian or not, there will always be some invisible things in your life that will lock down your forward movement. And you won't know that they are there. All you'll know is, is that nothing is working. You'll be moving along quite fine. And then all of a sudden, stuff stops. Or you keep going around in circles. How many of you know if I've had that crazy feeling? You just keep going around in circles. Seems like you get on top of something, and then it comes back around. It comes, it's real quiet in the Catholic, Presbyterian, Muslim, Buddhist temple this morning. Okay, it's, it's, it comes back around. It keep coming back around. The same temptations keep coming back around, and so there. Are th and let me say this: is that is that um, the scripture says not to be ignorant of Satan's devices. Now, for a non-Christian, Satan has power over them. The Bible says that Satan can take any man or woman captive at his will. But for those that are inside the kingdom and have accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, then he doesn't have power over you. He has devices. That's why the Bible says we are not ignorant of his devices. How many of you know that a car is a very, very powerful thing? It has an engine in it. Okay? And how many of you know that the boot is not more powerful than the car? But because of the type of device that it is, it locks down the power and allows no forward movement. And so that's what it means by when Satan has devices over us. And we don't know what those devices are. In the spiritual realm, it's a world that is more real than this one. And it's hard to comprehend because we can't see it. You know, but, um, um, but that world is just very much real. Substances, kingdoms, palaces, machines, technology that just makes our age look like a stone age. And so we can't see them, but they are real. And they place these devices in their life, whatever they are. And so sometimes you have to go and do a fast so that you can build up your spiritual capacity and then the Lord will reveal to you what the device is. Now give me an example. Some of you have heard this before. And some of you have not. I have business examples and I have church examples. I'll use a church example. My spiritual dad, Bishop Oyedipo, when he first opened his church 35, 40 years ago, um, it was a little small hut and... Um, and uh, in Nigeria, he started in a little small place. And he said the church had no forward movement, zero. If you can't grow a church in Nigeria, you can't grow a church nowhere. I'm serious. You know, Bishop Oyedipo, he said, you can take the whole church from me. He said, in a year, I'll have another mega church. Because there's that many people walking around. You drive for five minutes, and you'll pass easily 50,000 people in five minutes. It's not an exaggeration. Everywhere. So, so he started a church, and he said that it just had no forward movement for months, just zero, zilch, nothing, nada. And so he decided for, to do a three-day fast with no food, he and his staff. 
So he said that he they started a three day fast and begin to pray. And when you do a three when you do a fast period, don't be vague with God. The more vague you are with God, the less He can do a thing. The more specific you are, the easier it is for Him to do it. So he went before God with this one question: Why is my church not growing? And that was it. Not a whole list and laundry list and different things. That one question. It's because there's a power, always remember this, no matter what you're in, there's, a, there's great power in a three-day fast with no food and you only focusing on one issue. That's a great power. But anyway, um, on the third day of the fast, as they were praying, the Holy Spirit said, walk away from the building. And he said, he just walked away from the building. He said, walk down the road. He said, he walked down the road. And the Holy Spirit said, stop. He stopped. He said, now turn around and look at your building. And the Lord opened up his spiritual eyes and he said, he saw something. He said it was difficult to explain. He said, but it was a like a black shroud, a cloud around the building. He said, now mind you, it's 12 o'clock in the afternoon and not a cloud in the sky. He said, yet he's looking at his building. He said he sees this black like ribbon, this black cloud around the building. And the Holy Spirit says, that's the device that the enemy created and placed on your church so that people can't even see it. And so, you know, because God has given us authority to do anything. So he spoke to it and he said he watched this thing wrap itself up like a carpet. It rolled away, he said, and then just disappeared. And then I think that year he went from like 50 members to 3,000. <laughs> then 3,000 to 10,000 the next year. Then 10,000 to 19,000 the next year. You know, now he pastors a, we don't know what this thing is, but he has a 50,000 seat sanctuary having five services a Sunday with 100,000 people. And I, I never forgot something that he said. You got to listen to the statement carefully. He said, had I not done that three-day fast and the Lord showed me that device that was in the invisible ram, he said, I would be here 30 years later with a new doctrine that says God just wants some things to stay small. When actually I couldn't see the device that had been placed on my forward movement. Hey. And so uh, um, one thing about God nor the devil, they are not prejudiced. They, God blesses us all, and the Satan is attacking us all. And so the Bible says Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And so there are some things in your life. And here's the, here's the very dangerous thing. Um, I started to ask y'all, do you know what termites are? Everyone knows who ter what termites are. And, but, but one thing about the termite salesman is we don't like what he says. Because the termite salesman says, look, I know, this is me. Why do I need this service? I haven't even seen a termite. Sir, this is not based on what you can see. It's based on what we know. And what we know about termites is that they have a nature that if you have a wooden house, they are going to come whether you like it or not. So we have preventive measures here that you can utilize in order to stop them because whether you like it or not, believe it or not, or see it or not, those termites are coming. So don't call us when you come home 10 years from now and you see your porch sitting in the driveway. <laughs> and this is the deep part. You'll see that physical thing. You'll see a whole house fall and yet never saw a termite. Why? There are invisible things that are working against you and they work against you in such a way so that you'll never find out that it's working against you because they want to work against you for your entire life. Because God, when we say destiny, it means destiny points. There are certain destinations that you're supposed to get to. There are certain people that you're supposed to meet. There are certain things that you're supposed to be blessed with. Certain opportunities are supposed to come across your path. Certain people that you're supposed to help. 
And so the enemy knows that. And so they attack us all. And so if you don't think that you are being attacked by the devil, you are more deceived than anybody in the planet. Because we base these things on, well, watch this. Well, I'm not really bothering the devil. That has nothing to do with anything. I wouldn't bother in termites. Well, you know, I don't really live for Christ like that. It has nothing to do with it. If you don't live for Christ, they're going to make sure that you stay that way. And so, because and so, they keep you at bay. Because once you come into Christ, man, that whole thing changes. Okay? So I'm encouraging you to be a part of this. Let's go ahead and finish this. Because I'm getting lost now. Three reasons why you may move slow. And that can be in any area. Relationships. Um, just can't get rid of depression. Fear. Live in poverty, keep going around the same circles over. I mean, it could, the whole laundry list is just amazing. But there are three reasons why you move slow or your life comes to a standstill in any particular area. And let me say something. If it's not now, it will be later if you don't get on top of this. Okay? I can feel it. I can always feel the forward movement of the church. And then I can always feel in the spirit when it has run up into something like a wall. And I know if we don't deal with that. That is going to, it's meant to be a device to slow down the progression of the church. Number one, the reason you may be moving slow is because of foundation building. In other words, the Lord is having you build a foundation in your personal life, business, or ministry so that you can handle the weight of what he wants you to walk in in the future. So, you know, like at this church, we built a foundation because of what we're called to do in the future. We had to build a foundation for seven years. Um, very, very deep because the bigger the building, the deeper the invisible foundation has to be. Second one is a time of testing and character building. We don't like that one because in order for God to test your character, he got to put you in the longest line at Walmart when you're in a rush. In order for him to prove, Lord, give me patience. It's not a bing. There it is. I knight thee, as Bugs Bunny used to say. It's not going to happen like that. Lord, give me patience. And then you wonder why when you are in a rush, when you go to Wells Fargo or your favorite bank, you're in the long line and he puts you right behind somebody that is a complainer. They turn it around complaining and the one with bad breath is right behind you complaining. And you just sitting there fuming. Because the only patience is a muscle. So in order for that muscle to develop, you got to strain it. Okay, for it to be developed. And we don't like that. You know, you're trying to get someplace and, and all of a sudden rush out traffic. But it's 6 a.m. in the morning. Because mm -hmm, you were asking God for patience. Because more than anything, God wants you to be blessed. He wants you to be healthy. He wants you to be, the Bible says God doesn't want you to have joy. He wants you to have fullness of joy. But more importantly than anything, he wants you to have character. Because God is not interested in taking you someplace where you can't stay. He's not an, interested in putting you in a position that you can't stay there because of your bad character. Hey, I never will forget when we first, first started the church, we had a guy on the deacon's team that when we used to do offerings in the service. Um, and, you know, they would go back there and he would, they would count it. And so, the, you know, we have checks and balances. And one time the count came up wrong. And it's like, we need to count this again. And this was his last day. He said, no, what's a few dollars amongst friends? Oh, no, 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 you got to go, son, you got to go. You got to go. See, character. That you, then you keep him there, and then 10 years later, what do you hear on the news? Church in trouble with the government because they embezzled 10 million. No, nope, not me. <laughs> okay, so time of testing and character building. And I, like I said, right before you're getting ready to go to a next level, right before God promotes you in his system, 
when I say his system, you know, when you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you become a part of a system. Right before he promotes you, you have to pass some type of character test. And if you pass it, then you'll see the promotion come right after that. If you don't, they'll just give you another test. I mean, no, you know, the test is never too hard. You just didn't study enough. You just weren't prepared. No test is too hard. You just don't know the information well enough. Third one is invisible, uh, invisible devices. And we've talked about those are three reasons that you may move slow. Ephesians 6, 11 through 13, Passion Translation says, Put on God's complete set of armor provided for us so that you will be protected as you fight against the evil strategies of the accuser. Your hand-to-hand -hand combat is not with human beings, but with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms. For they are a powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. Because of this, you must wear all the armor that God provides so you are protected as you confront the slanderer. For you are destined for all things and will rise victorious. Always remember this, you all. I know y'all not going to like this. Everybody get ready to say, ouch. Got to be careful because sometimes when you're slandering someone else's names, you're usually in the spirit of the devil and not God. He is the ultimate, Bible calls him the accuser of the brethren. It says that he accuses us before God day and night. That gets over into spiritual legal things. In other words, you know what? Lord, you get ready to bless him, but you, you, you're wrong for blessing him because he did such and such. And God will tell him, yeah, but he asked me to forgive him of that. And I said that when I forgive, I cast the person's sins from the east and from the west. Satan is always accusing, always accusing. And so some of the voices that are in your head are him telling you what you are and are not. And when he talks to you in your head, it sounds like you're talking to you. Because you can't, how can you pick up the voice of an invisible individual that's whispering? You can't. Because if, if it's an invisible person and they whisper, it's going to sound like what he said. It's going to sound like your voice. That's why the Bible says every thought and imagination that comes against or is the opposite of what Jesus said about you, it said throw that sucker in the trash. No, here you are like that statue meditating on the bed. You know, I'm not worthy, Jesus. You didn't. I've been depressed for about 30 years. I'm not going to never do nothing. And, and it's not what Jesus said about you. I mean, that's not even what he says about the sinners. He said, even when it comes to the sinners, he said, I rise, he said, I cause the sun to shine on the just and the unjust alike. Okay, so so you got it. The Bible says the goodness of God is what causes a man to change, not beating them up. So when you got these preachers beating up everybody, well, they're not even in the spirit of God. They're into something else. I don't know what that is. How many of you knew, how many of you, before you gave your life to Christ, as Aunt Esther would say, you already knew you were a heathen. Go ahead and raise your hand. Be proud about it. Be proud about it before you sin. You already knew. When you came to church, you already knew that you wasn't right. Wait a minute. As Christians, we realize that sometimes. Come to the Lord, I'm just coming into the temple slowly today. You know what I did last night, and I'm just sorry. Yeah, so, you already knew that. Tell me something I don't know. Tell me how I can get on top of this thing that I can't seem to stop doing. Tell me how I can get, tell me that God ain't mad at me even though I committed this sin for the 20th time and I'm still trying. Tell me that. I already know what I did wrong. And the very people telling you what you did wrong, they did something else wrong. It's amazing. People can recognize your sins. See, let me stop for a second. Let me, tell, let me help you understand the attitude of Jesus. Not preachers or religious folk or your grandmother that's so close to Jesus you have coffee with him every morning. We ain't talking about them. Jesus, 
I keep repeating this, and you're going to hear, hear me repeat this until Jesus comes back, okay? And that the attitude of Jesus, that is an amazing story with Jesus and the woman that was caught in adultery. Because they knew what the law said. The law, you know, said that back then, before the New Testament was created, the law said that if a woman committed adultery, she had to be stoned. Or if a person committed adultery, they had to be stoned. And so they were always trying to trick Jesus. And so in order to trick Jesus, they went and found someone that was committing adultery. How they, how these religious leaders found her in the act is beyond me. Especially since they brought her and not the dude. But that's another story that we can ask Jesus about when we get to heaven. And they said, look, let me go back and read this and look, Jesus, according to what you said your father said, she needs to be stoned. And, and everybody got all of these wonderful messages about why Jesus was drawn in the sand. I don't know. He could have been pausing. He could have been trying to think about what to say because Jesus was a very slick individual. What I like is, is that he stooped down and started writing in the ground. Now, I did hear this one guy say, say that what Jesus was writing in the ground was all of the other religious guys' sins. right now all the foolishness that they have been doing since you want to accuse her but that's speculation we'll ask him that when we get up there but anyway help you understand something the statement is very powerful to help you understand his sins he said okay well you're right but since y'all so judgmental and willing to kill her so quickly any of you that have never sinned in another area pick up the first rock and it says that they all stood there and it says they left from the Go back and read it. It says they left from the oldest to the youngest. The oldest left first because they had more sins to think about. And the youngest was sitting around. Well, you know, I've only been doing this for a couple of years. You know, so the point is, is that Jesus puts all sin in the same category. So you got to be very, very careful when you point them out. Now, yes, you're supposed to tell people the truth and tell them, look, this is going to kill you. You got to tell people, look, you got to live right. You got this is going to kill you because the wages of sin is death. But you got to be very, very careful how you do it. Telling the truth is one thing. Telling the truth in love is another. All right, let me, it's Father's Day weekend, so I want them brothers to enjoy their barbecue and all the stuff they're going to do. And don't, never mind. Isaiah 58.6. Oh, cool. This last scripture, and then I'll just give you a couple of graphics. Now, this is the fast explained. When you do a fast properly, you refrain from food and you incorporate prayer and you have your list of prayer points. The, because one of the things about a fast too that you want to do is, Lord, reveal to me what I don't know. Reveal to me what I can't see and reveal to me what I have not heard. So I'm going to read each verse and then explain it. It's not just the fast that I have chosen. See, the one you chose is to lose weight because you're having a 30th high school reunion. That's all fine, but that's not the fast that I chose. This is the one that I have chosen. To loose the bands of wickedness, because wickedness will tighten around you. That's why you feel that. How many of you feel pressure? Not necessarily now, but how many of you, from one time or another, you feel this pressure? You don't even know where it came from. Yeah, that's wickedness trying to close in on you. To undo the heavy burdens. How many of you have felt depressed? The Bible calls that the spirit of heaviness. To let the oppressed go free. That gets over into spiritual things. Or you can break vices with a fast as well as people that are kidnapped. 
and that you break every yoke. A yoke is something that they put on two animals. You have two oxen or two cows, and they would put a yoke on both of them so that the stronger cow would force the weaker cow to go in the right direction. Well, there are what you call spiritual yokes, where the enemy will place something on you, and, and you want to do right, but you, for some reason, how many have been there before? You want to do right, but for some reason you can't, because it's an invisible yoke on you that won't let you do the right thing. So a fast and breaks all of those things that the enemy is always putting on, on or putting on top of you. Number seven, is it not to deal your bread to the hungry and that you bring the poor that are cast out into your house? When you see the naked, that you cover him and that you hide not yourself from your own relatives that get on your nerves all the time. So during a fast, God may bring some sensitivity in regards to your family members that they get on your nerves, but you, you know, you know what I'm saying. I'll leave that alone. Verse 8. When you do a fast, your light will break forth as the morning. That's revelation. You will have the ability to see things you couldn't see before. And your health shall spring forth speedily. If you do a three-day fast with no food and just water, it's, it resets the human body. That's just a simple scientific fact. It just resets the human body. Okay? Your health will spring forth speedily. There's a... Uh, um, hospital in Russia right now that they treat cancer, tumors, you name it, whatever it is, they treat it through fasting therapy. They just put you on a fast, and they're getting better results than the guys over here, because they know that the body resets itself with a fast. Okay? Your righteousness shall go before you, and the glory of the Lord shall be your reward. The glory of the Lord shall be your reward, that means God will be your bodyguard, so that nothing can sneak up behind you. And when it says your righteousness should go before you, it literally means in the Hebrew that your prosperity and your success will be sped up because you broke through all of the detours that the enemy placed on your road. There are always things. That's why it's so important for you, particularly if you pray in tongues. It's really important for you to pray in tongues in the morning because you go into the spirit, you go into the future, and you rearrange all of the detours that the enemy had for you. How many of you? Well, how many of you know by a show of hands? If you do pray in the morning and you get consistent time in particularly praying in tongues, your day goes a whole lot smoother than if you don't. Why? Because you go, you know, praying in tongues is not for you falling out on the floor and being greased with oil and running around the building and smashing into the walls. You know, them the same people that do that at a football game. You know what I'm saying? They be, them the same individuals that be at the football game with a pair of drawers on and a Viking hat. <laughs> Matter of fact. The people that act crazy at church, it's okay to act crazy in church. I, I appreciate the crazy people in church because they add balance to the ones that's too quiet. Okay? But some of the really, like where we came from, some of them crazy, crazy people in church, they would be the person at the concert that was being carried out. Because they just go too far. Okay? That's not, we don't have that problem here, thank God. You know? There's nothing wrong with running. There's nothing wrong with dancing. Nothing wrong with shouting. And, and all that. I mean, I love the services. And people are screaming out and different things like that. You know, but, but uh, never mind. Let me just keep on going. <laughs> okay. But praying in tongues is for the purpose of making, putting you on a higher level of intelligence. You're on all three levels at the same time. And actually more than three. You're not just in the spirit. You're not just in the soul. You're not just in the physical. You're also affecting other things that I don't have time to teach on today. When you pray in tongues like that, you are literally going and breaking down every barrier so that you can have success. Now, imagine if you do that every day. And that's why I tell people, you can get over into things that we've got over into now, where if you consistently are praying that way, something that was reserved for you for 10 years will show up in two. 
Because what God called this ministry to do, it just could not be done in the natural. What God had called us to do, it could not be done if we didn't pray that way that we're praying every day, single day. It just can't. God will never ask you to do something that can be done. It can only be done if you tap into his power. Y'all got me. Then shall you call and the Lord shall answer. So whatever you're asking God about, he'll give you the answer. Then you'll cry and he shall say, here I am. If you take away from the midst of you the yoke, the putting forth of the finger and speaking vanity. And if you draw out your soul to the hungry, satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light will rise in obscurity and your darkness will be as the noonday. And the Lord shall guide thee continually, satisfy your soul in the midst of the coronavirus and make fat your bones and you shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water who waters fail not. I don't mean to keep making fun of that job, but I just keep forgetting it's a situation out here. I just really do. And please, if you know, if you want to do whatever you want to do, that's fine. But I just and because it keeps going longer and longer and longer, I was like. Never mind. Let me just be quiet. It's supposed to be nice. I got on a suit this morning and everything. So I'm being a little bit more reserved and professional. It is amazing. A suit does make you act right. It really does. <laughs> like, Because, you know, if I had on some jeans, I would have already been acting crazy. You know, a suit makes you feel like, hey, keep it reserved today, you know. Okay. So, you know, I, I do have to start adjusting my wardrobe a little bit. You know, it's... um. Just this, we have to really, for this seven-day fast, I have to really seek the Lord about some things because just this week alone, we ministered to people in Mexico, Canada, New Zealand, and Norway. And so that's scary. And they all said the same thing. Sir, we just can't find a church that teaches what y'all teach. It's very dangerous. It's very dangerous when you teach what others can't teach. And it's very dangerous when you can do what the word says in spite of people saying, well, you know, that died with the apostles. No, it didn't. And these people are very, very serious. So one of the things I'm going to have to be careful of is making sure that I slow down my speech a little bit. Because sometimes, so it's, you know, I've got to really pray because you got people listening to you from around the world, Japan, China, India. I get more requests from India than I do from Africa. And, and so, so I have to be careful because the same way it can be a little bit difficult for us to understand their dialect or the accent, same way with me, I have to kind of slow down a little bit to make sure. That's, that's an awesome responsibility, you all. That's a huge, huge responsibility. So we have to really, really, really think. And this is kind of coming to pass what one of my spiritual mothers said years ago when I told her, I said, I've been wearing suits all my life. Not going to happen when I start the church. And she said, I understand that and I understand your freedom. See, that's why you got to have the, 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 the older, the elderly, and the mature around you. Because they'll slow you down for you mess yourself up. Because they can see the future that you haven't walked into yet. They've been there, done that. And I'll never forget what she told me. She said, look, I understand what you're saying. I'm, she said, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. She said, just be careful. She said, because where the Lord has taken the ministry, she said, people around the world will be watching you. And their cultures are such where if you go too far, they will be offended. Because they're not used to preachers going in the pulpit with a straw hat on and some jeans and some shorts and some flip-flops. They're just not used to that. They can, it is a profession. So I'm just trying to be careful. You know what I'm saying? So y'all just pray for me. Don't call me during this fast. Because if you call me during this fast, you are going to get, mm, sorry, his phone has been temporarily disconnected. Because whenever I do a fast, man, it's just everything starts kicking up. So today, next week, I'm going in. 
So if if the hey if your house is burning down, call the fire department. If you got a crime need to be solved, call the police. Call Jesus for everything. No. Have an emergency. Well, did you dial nine one one to get to me? No. Well then you have dialed the wrong number. <laughs> y'all gotta let me. I mean, y'all, we were right here at the edge, and and when we turned them cameras on. We turned them cameras on. The guy told me, he said, man, them cameras on back order. I said, wonderful, because I need time to chill and think about what we get ready to do. Y'all, the audio spreads like crazy. Any person will tell you, Mikey and others, they tell you, oh, video is 100 times worse than audio. Video is just crazy. And so, and then the way we do it with the message and just everything. And so uh, that's why that Lord, the Lord made sure that foundation was tight. So where am I at? Did I finish reading the scripture? Yes, I did. So. These are the prayer points. Later on the day, you can go to the website. You can click the home page, and you'll see at the top it says the seven-day fast. These are the prayers that you can pray. I did it for you. Oh, first, these are the three levels of the fast. Let's put up that graphic. Level one is easy. No food for the entire week. Just drink, drink plenty of water. Nobody said amen, so we'll go ahead and move to the next two. I don't know that because I like, no, no. <laughs> so... <laughs> Somebody, somebody was like, yeah, you just got through talking about devices of the devil. I think that's one of them right there. You talking about no food? Yeah, I think that's a device. That was funny. I'm just messing with y'all. Y'all, I mean, I have to be totally honest with you. I love food too much. I just do. Y'all, y'all remember me in the beginning. Man, I would think about fasting and just have vision of cookies. And I don't even eat cookies like that. One, let me tell you, I was so out of order one time. We were in the midst of a fast. This is when we first started. I had never fasted. I had never fasted. I'm the lead to my, we're about to fast. And I just, you know, you get into the habit of doing something. Y'all, I knew I was out of order when I was in the middle of the fast on the prayer call with a slice of pizza in my hand. <laughs> you know how you do something and you're not thinking about it and then the Holy Spirit brings your attention like, oh, this is pizza. <laughs> on the prayer call. <laughs> doing a Y'all, let me tell you something that, that is going to blow you all. I'm going to see if I can get Jesse the Planet to come preach here. I just crossed my mind. Jesse the Planet helps you understand who your Heavenly Father is. The Lord never gets mad at stuff like that. They, they are sitting up there. Y'all, the Bible, you should do a study on just how much God laughs. Just how much he laughs, okay? For some reason, the Holy Spirit wants me to tell y'all this story. Jesse the Planets used to be an itinerant pastor. Still is. He went in back in those days, you stayed at the person's house instead of at a hotel. He said he was in the room and he was asleep. And he said in the wee hours of the morning, he said he saw a demon over in the corner. And, and it was doing like this. And, um, and he said that he was, you know, like blown away that this thing had manifested in his room. So he said he was speaking to the thing. And you got to hear Justin Pastor. He said, get out of here in the name of Jesus. He said, thing. I said, get out of here in the name of Jesus. <laughs> he said, Justin Pastor said, he said, I use the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, Holy Ghost, oil, water. He said, I tried everything. He said, I was standing on the bed telling that thing to get up out of here. He said, all night until morning came. He realized that it was a sweater <laughs> that they forgot to take down that was hanging from the vent. <laughs> and every time the heat would kick on, the thing would move. 
He said he was so mad at God. He said he heard the Holy Spirit say in the audible voice, Jesse Plinus, we ain't seen nothing that funny in a long time. <laughs> the reason why you're laughing right now is because you're made in the image of God. Could y'all imagine going up to heaven and Jesus pulls us all around? All right, y'all, it's joke time. Hold up, hold up, because last time I laughed for a million years, so I need to wait on this one. Imagine a joke Jesus would tell. All right, well, you know, anytime my wife hears something funny already, we got to leave the room. My wife falling all over the bed, rolling. I can only imagine. Jesus trying to tell a joke. I'm like, I got to move, man, because my wife about to lose it for about a thousand years. Now, let's get back to this. Level one, no food for the entire week. One of the cool things about God is he will not reject the level that you want to go on. Now, remember this. Fasting is not about how deep you can be. It's about how hard you try. I failed miserably when I first started, but I kept on trying. You know, a gentleman one time, he was trying to do a 21-day fast with no food. When he got to day 16, he ended up eating. He felt like such a failure. He said, man, the whole fast is messed up. I said, are you crazy? I said, you went 16 days successfully without eating. I'm not on that level yet. See, so the devil is always going to convince you of where you stopped. And God is always going to encourage you with what you did. Like Denzel Washington said, it's not about perfection, it's about progress. See? And so you have to be very, very careful because during the fast, you may slip up, you may just, I just can't deal with it, Jesus. They are not mad. We came up with this idea. The Holy Spirit did not tell me to do a fast. Some of them are like, oh, thank God. <laughs> now I can disobey. No, I didn't say that. What I'm, and, and let me tell you something. Y'all, you, you try to be, we pretty much do two fasts a year. We're going to do a third one in October because of what's coming. You know, but, but, you, but there, are, there are times when you're just not mentally prepared for it. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing wrong. If we're doing a seven-day fast. God is not sitting up in heaven mad at you because you're like, Jesus, I got the bottom of this one. I'm just not mentally prepared. I got a lot going on with a project at work. You know, you know what I'm saying? The list goes on and on and on. You do the best that you can. That's why Jesus said when you fast. It's a commandment, but you're le- but the commandment is left up to you when you do it. So we just sit and find out you're a Christian for 30 years and you haven't fasted yet. So that's enough about level one. So now some of you may start with level one and say, ooh, on the second, third day, okay, I got to eat something now. And that's okay. But here's level two. But focus on one of these. Level two is Monday and Tuesday, you have one meal a day. Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you do no food. Drink, of course, plenty of water. And Saturday, you then go back to one meal. When eating food, those one meals a day, refrain from bread, pasta, rice, and sweets. So pretty much the only thing you would eat would be meat, vegetables, and fruit. And of course, drink plenty of water. So with that one, you do one meal a day. And between those seven days, you attempt to do three days with no food. Then you end it with one meal, and then you can go back to celebrating because I think we're going into the July 4th weekend or something. Maybe not. It might be the following week. Then you have level three. Level three is one meal a day for the entire week. If you do one meal a day for the entire week, you just focus on meat, vegetables, and fruit. And, of course, drink plenty of water. Now, you'll be surprised. One meal a day for a week will have a major effect. I was casting a demon out of another individual. I just, the Lord just brought this to my attention. Whenever you see me do that, ah, 
That means that the Holy Spirit is like, say this, but I really don't want to say it. <laughs> um, I was casting a demon on an individual, and I don't know what I asked, or the, I don't know what I asked the creature. And he said, well, yeah, he said, the reason why it was so difficult for me to do what I did, because he had just entered the person. He said, the reason why it was so difficult for me to do why, what I did, he says, is because this person skipped their first meal this morning. They didn't have breakfast. See, and so that's one, of the, that's one of the benefits of tangling with the dark side. They keep exposing themselves. You know, crooks always talk too much. Y'all see these movies, you know, and, and, and they're trying to figure out who committed the crime. And they say, hey, man, I know a guy in jail that was talking too much. And so that's one thing about the darkness. It's deceptive and it is deceiving and it, it doesn't know when to stop because the, the mind of those creatures are dark. So they don't even know that they're exposing information. And that's something that he told me. He's, and so that was a that let me know just how powerful fasting was, where just because that person skipped breakfast, it was affecting that thing. Okay. And so, like I said, focus on one of those. Y'all got me. Y'all good? These are the prayer points. We're just going to read them. We're doing pretty good here. We'll be done in just a moment. And now you can add your own to this. Now, what I suggest with these prayer points, these are prayer points that you pray every day in your prayer time. Spend time in the word. Yeah, well, if you want to start over, start with Genesis in one place. Start with Matthew in the other place and read through it that way. Read Genesis 1, 2, 3, certain amount of chapters. Mark your place. Then pick up with Matthew. Matthew read Matthew 1, 2, 3, 4. Mark your place. Then when you come back to read again, you pick up in both of those places. You got me. That allows you to read through the Bible like that systematically in two different places. So these prayer points, spending time in the word, you may have some spiritual books, and you need to write down specific questions that you have from God about anything. With God, everything is spiritual. It could be a project that you have at work. It could be someone that you're interested in dating. It could be someone that you have a problem with on your job. It could be, Lord, I don't know what to do. Could you tell me what to do? I was in, I've been in a season like that twice where I didn't even know what I needed. You ever been there before? You know you need something, but you don't even know what it is. So you write down all your questions and you start this. Prayer number one is, Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray according to Acts 6, 7, that the word of God coming out of Lionheart Church would increase and that the number of new converts and disciples would multiply in our midst greatly and be obedient to the faith. Prayer number two, all of these, when you click the graphic on our homepage, they're all there. Graphic number two, so you can take a picture of it or just go to the graphic later and download it. In the name of Jesus, we pray that you would fill us with the knowledge of your will individually and corporately so that we would find ourselves only doing what is right in your eyes in order to receive the help and blessing of heaven. Point number three, we ask that during this season, you would give us a high level of wisdom to navigate through the darkness in the world and that you would not only increase our dreams and visions, but also increase our ability to interpret them. Number four, in the name of Jesus, we destroy all satanic strongholds against the salvation of those who are ordained for salvation through the outreaches of Lionheart Church. We also release power and fire against every weapon and agent of the devil seeking to slow our progress and hinder your work and command them to be cast down, destroyed and broken. I just feel led to say this. I just feel led to say this. There are times when you will begin to pray this way. I don't know why I'm saying this. I kind of keep saying that. I know why I'm saying it. I just don't know why I'm saying it. The Lord is saying it. There are times when you will pray and the Lord will ask you to get rid of a thing. He may ask you to get rid of a pair of clothing. He may ask you to get rid of a trinket. He may ask you to get rid of a painting. 
there are things that have the, the dark side. It's funny. Both the dark side and the light side use things. How many of you know God used that rod that was in Moses' hand? You'll see God using things. He puts himself in the thing. Well, the dark side imitates that, and they love to connect themselves to things. I told you about the guy that he, uh, his, uh, his wife is Chinese, and uh, his mother-in-law gave him a trinket from China. As soon as he put it on, this man is very, very healthy. He started having headaches every day, every day, every day. And this man is very healthy. Very much in shape, very healthy. And, and he said he just couldn't figure out what it was. Started praying and fasting. The Lord told him to throw the necklace away. He said, threw the necklace away, stopped. Okay? And so, now what was I going to say? So you got to be careful. One of the most mysterious things that we saw was a person. We had already cast demons out of these individuals, but there were still some there. They showed up, used this person's hand to draw a pentagram on their stomach, and they entered back in. That was one of the most mysterious things that we saw. Okay, we were, we, were, we were doing two deliverances at the same time, and we were in here doing a deliverance. And then the Lord told me, tell Devon to go check on another individual. When checked on the individual, we walked in there, and there's an angel standing this person up against the wall until we came in. As soon as we come in, the angel dropped the person, person dropped down, and, and full pentagram. They had grabbed a marker and drew a full pentagram on the person's stomach. And the demon told me, he said, we ain't coming out until you get rid of the pentagram, because that's how we got in. See, this is what the Bible talks about when it says the, the mystery of sin. And then it says, but great is the mystery of godliness. And one of the things that's unfortunate about the majority of the body of Christ is that she refuses to grow. She, she likes to, stay, you know, we like to stay in that shadow water. You know, you go to the, go to the pool and you just look, put your little tippy toes in there and everything. I don't know why I say tippy toes. I have no rise I say that. Just put your little toes in the water. And, and very few people go to the deep end because they're afraid of drowning. You know, or you go over there like me, you just kind of do this because the water is right here. <laughs> That's me playing around spiritually sometimes. Okay, but these things are very, 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 they are beyond our ability to understand. And that's why if you jump into it, you're directed by the Holy Spirit. So I'm just being, you know, sometimes the Lord will tell you to disconnect from a person. But Lord, they're my friend. That's what you think. I just had a, a dream that was given to me yesterday. And, um, and the dream, um, I mean, how can I share this? The, the guy is in the dream, the guy's in his bed and a red pit bull keeps trying to jump in the bed with him. And he said the pit bull was friendly. He said it was a red pit bull trying to jump in the bed with him. And, and then finally he told his wife, could you please get rid of this thing? So I was talking to the wife and then we believe that it was it was a person who was sending the person stuff, and um, and the wife was the one that allowed it. And the Lord is showing through the dream, uh, get rid of this person because you think they're friendly. Because my first question is, does he like pit bulls? Absolutely not. I said, then the Lord is showing him that this is somebody that has a nature of a pit bull, but they look friendly. And the reason why the color red was used is because we know the green means go, orange means yield, and red means what. So the Lord is getting his attention. Stop letting this. And I said, whoever it is, they're trying to get next to him. They're trying to convince him to do, because the bed is the place of rest. The bed is the place of peace. The bed is the place of, you know what I'm saying? Intimacy even. And so whoever this is, they're trying to invade his space and is getting on his nerves. And, and the Lord is warning them. Yeah, they might look friendly, but I'm telling you, when you find out who they are, you're going to recognize that they just like pit bulls you can't stand. And it's crazy. 
I mean, Lord, I mean, I'm getting some dreams. Let me tell you, God will always. So you have to be careful because usually when God uses an animal in your dream, it's only talking about two things, a devil or a person or a person that's acting like the devil. You know, and he uses the right animal. He's not going to use a dove to talk about your evil, you know, your, your, your evil cousin. You know what I'm saying? The dove is the Holy Spirit. He will use things that we recognize from watching Dracula. Black crows, not good. Um, bats, just had a bat dream. Lord, use the dream to say that the person is a bat. <laughs> um, snakes, spiders, frogs. Yeah, frogs. Frog, frogs. Frogs are usually representative of demonic spirits. Frogs was one of the plagues that came against Egypt. And the Bible says in Revelation that there's going to be a scene and it says these frogs came up out of a man's mouth. They were, and it says the frogs were demon spirits. They came out of hell or the mouth. It don't matter. Frogs are frogs. You know what I'm saying? So I, I don't, it's supposed to be done. But I'm just trying to give you hints in that you got to, the Lord will speak to you mysteriously. And when you see animals in your dream this way, it's for a particular reason. Like with me, usually um, if the Lord will warn me about a person, he'll use a dog. And it's the type of dog. Okay, so never mind. So just pay. I don't know why that won't list leave me like a thread for somebody in here. You know, those symbols mean certain things. They mean certain things. And the Lord is speaking to the nature of the individual. Now, if you see like Godzilla or King Kong, something crazy, something like that, that's the, well, I shouldn't say that either. I can't speak for the Lord. How I many know he, he can go so many different ways? I just realized I don't have, usually if I have, <sighs> my suit is wearing off, my anointing. <laughs> early on, early on I had a dream, and in the dream, I'm just showing you, you got. I'm just showing you these little things to keep broadening your mind, because over the next couple of months, we're going to talk about a lot about dreams. When we get to next month about prosperity, we're going to be talking about how God uses dreams to prosper you. In this dream, I was walking and, and, oh no, that's the dog that ate my wedding ring. I'm sorry, that's another dream. <laughs> this dream, it was a little dog. And, um, oh no, same dream, little dog. And, no, different dream, I'm sorry. <laughs> we were in my house looking out the front window. When you're looking out the front window, there's usually the Lord telling you, you're seeing symbolically, prophetically, or into the future. Or into another realm, okay? Because your window represents inside versus outside. Anyway, I, we were having a fellowship on the inside of the house, and I saw a little dog nestled in the grass, just looking just as cute. And I felt so sorry for the dog. So I went out there and and got the little small dog. It was like a little small chihuahua, which I don't particularly care for chihuahua, so you know this is a dream. <laughs> My little sidebars are amazing. So in the dream, I went outside, brought the little dog on the inside. The moment I brought the dog on the inside of the house, the dog's nature changed. You know, the little chihuahuas act like they Godzilla. And the little dog is just running around, just yapping at everybody. Yap, 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 yap. And every time we try to control the dog, he snaps at us. He just run around, and the dream ended. Okay. Next week, a young lady shows up. I haven't equated her to the dream. I'm just like, okay. The young lady shows up. She sits about right there at the Saturday we had the Saturday location. 
She sits right here. And that was, how many of y'all remember the days we didn't have, this, this sanctuary was terrible, the building was terrible, we hadn't made no enhancements in the other areas. I don't think Mozart was here yet. It was, uh, some of y'all remember that. I know Antoinette and Anita and other folks, y'all remember, Joe, y'all remember. And all we would do is just come down front and hold hands and pray with instrumental music or my mixtapes playing through the speaker. <laughs> so we're in the circle down here praying. In the early days, we're just in the circle praying. She's sitting right there looking all like this. So I walked over and invited her to come into the circle. And she did. She came into the circle. Everything was fine. When we went to go have our seats, I went to go introduce myself to her and shake her hand. And I, no lie, it was like a wall shot in front of me. Wouldn't even let me go. And I had the most uncomfortable, nasty feeling, and I interpreted it wrong. I thought maybe she had been done wrong and felt that about me, when actually the Lord was letting me know that that's how he felt about her. Now, you remember the little dog? Little innocent, cute, but then he came into the house. That day, she filled out a membership card and came to the next location, Sunday the next day. Okay, When she fills out the membership card, that's the equivalent of coming into the house. At the next location, she was already over there acting a the fool the next day. Mm -hmm. Acting a fool. Hey, we were over there praying in a circle. She didn't took over the whole circle. I thought we had a guest evangelist or something. I'm like, who is that praying up a storm? That new check that showed up yesterday. And she would end up being a Jezebel and something else and who knows whatever else. And 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 in that a situation, she was trying to replace my wife. Now you know, if someone is sitting, we don't consider those our seats. That's just where we sit. So if somebody's sitting there, particularly a first-time visitor, I'm not going to ask them to move. I'll just sit over there next to Lisa or something. And so this particular Sunday, you know, um, we came in, sat in our seats. And the girl, there was the following Sunday. The girl walked up and looked at my wife like, what you doing sitting in my seat next to me? And I was looking like, this, <laughs> this might be the first time I see my wife physically fight right here. This might be it. And I was like, yeah, you don't know who you're messing with. Okay? And so then at the end of that service, see, this is a little dog. At the end of that service, she want to prophesy over me. And, and I'll never forget this. This is why y'all don't be moved by this. She, she told me that, you know, um, can't remember which one was first. Um, the Lord told me that you're going to be bigger than T.D. Jakes and that you're going to be more powerful than Juanita Bynum and you're going to be greater than Creflo Dollar. She's just putting all of this stuff for me. And I guess she thought I was supposed to, oh, thank God. And I'm just like, I was like, I don't need, and in my mind, I was like, I don't need nobody to tell me I'm going to be great. I already know that. All of y'all are great. On the way home, I'm riding in the van. That's the old van I used to have. I was riding the van, and I was questioning the Lord about that. This is exactly what the Lord said. He said, why would I send a woman to prophesy about your greatness by comparing you to other men of God when in the word I said, don't compare yourselves to one another because that's unwise? That's why if you're not a stickler for the word, the dark side will get you. Okay? And then the next Sunday, of course, she prophesied over my wife and I together. And as the Lord told her to, that she was supposed to be on our ministerial staff, she was supposed to be on our board, and that she was supposed to be traveling with us. And in the car, I told my wife, I didn't even know we were going anywhere. So <laughs> the Lord say something to you? She said, no. That's how we talk. We don't be sitting up here quoting scriptures and nothing. Just like common sense. I ain't going nowhere. So, And then I knew it was the devil when... 
there was a girl at the church who I was counseling who was in an adulterous relationship that she was trying to get out of. And she was she's standing to me, looking at me talking, and the girl is right outside the door with her backside to me like this. And the girl that's in the adulterous relationship, I had no idea what was going on. She said, Pastor, I said, yes. She said, you're going to think this is strange. And she took my shoulders like this and turned me this way. She said, that chick is trouble. <laughs> game no game, I guess. I don't mean that the way y'all took it. Did I say something wrong? Y'all need to uh, just Whatever, y'all playing too much up in this piece. Okay? But guess what? The Lord knew that was coming. The, the Bible says the role of the Holy Spirit is to not make you irk and jerk. The role of the Holy Spirit is to show you the future. To reject Jesus is to reject the ability to know the future. We always know what's coming up in here. But that was the Lord. And what did he do? He showed me that whole scenario by giving me a dream of a little dog that would change his character when it got up in your house. Okay, so that was for somebody. What number am I on? Okay, let's close this down. Five. We declare that every spiritual, physical, and financial barrier preventing Lionheart Church from increasing, advancing, and multiplying in 2020 is exposed in Detroit. How many of you know that the building is the people? What did I say? Oh, Detroit. Oh, I'm sorry. All of my Detroit folks say, amen. <laughs> See, I'm going to get a letter. Can't believe I'm offended because I live in the South. Well, you prosperity too then. It's just joking up in this piece. What number am I on now? We pray that every soul winner would walk in great signs, wonders, and miracles in order to attract the unbeliever to Christ. We ask that you would grant every soul winner wisdom and boldness that will result in multitudes of people coming into the kingdom of God and making Lionheart Church their home. Number seven, Father, we pray that the Holy Spirit and the angels of God would draw multitudes to our website, social media sites, postcards, and CDs for their salvation and desire turnaround in life. Just got a message from a lady yesterday thanking me for giving her a CD. I don't remember giving nobody no CD. You know, she said it changed her life. So, um, eight, we only have ten. Father, we thank you that regardless of how many plagues of sickness come into the planet, none of them will visit our households. No member of Lionheart Church will become sick from any type of bacteria, virus, or plague. We thank you for the heavenly force fields of light and fire that keep us from sickness, danger, and destruction. Okay. Number nine, we pray that you would give President Donald Trump, Governor Brian Kemp, and all the many different mayors in the cities of Atlanta heavenly wisdom to make good and righteous decisions in accordance with your will and that you would move ungodly people away from their midst. And then number ten... We pray that you would endue the pastors and ministers over this ministry with divine wisdom, understanding, and humility in driving the continual growth of this church. Okay, so now, those are the corporate prayers that you can pray in the morning, afternoon, evening. Um, and as you pray that over the church corporately, the Bible says, what good thing you do for another, the same shall you receive of the Lord. So when you're praying that corporately, you're also praying it over yourself. And then you add to that any special request that you have. There's not one person in the Bible that asked God a question and he didn't answer them except for one person, Saul. Saul disobeyed God so much. It says that he wouldn't ask God about something. And it said the Lord would not answer him because he had left him. 
Okay, and so that got that has to do with some different stuff there. You know, so but if Saul had to repent it, boom, but he didn't repent. So, so y'all got that. So those are the terms of the fast. And so this month is success. And so there are times times that we will teach. There are times that we will practice. There are times that we will do things. And so and so um, I always love the time of fasting because of the testimonies. I have to be totally honest with you all. I teach very high level things. But 50 percent of what I learn comes from the people who get results in our very own church. I teach it. The people practice it. And then when I see all the different type of ways that God does things, it's just mind-blowing to me, and it expands my mind, and I'm able to come back and teach it at another level. Now you understand why God has leaders that get in pride. Because you're learning from the people that you're teaching, and then you come back and teach it and acting like you the one that learned it. You know what I'm saying? This is crazy. And so, uh, so that's the key to rising is humility, humility, humility. So, you know, those are the things that we're going to do. Um, it will start Sunday. Yeah, I know it's Father's Day. It will start Sunday at 6 p.m. If any fathers, if you'd rather start on Monday morning because maybe there were some special festivities or something, that's fine. But also, I put it at 6 p.m. I mean, I would have been a fool to start a fast on Father's Day at 11 a.m. All the brothers would have left the church. Man, you're on your own with that one, brother. I'm going to be watching football and eating something that has nothing to do with the keto diet. <laughs> okay, so we started at 6 p.m. And then it'll go all the way until Saturday. No. Sunday morning, 6 a.m. Okay, now it's seven days of fasting. If after the Saturday service next week you would like to end the fast, then that's no problem. Um, and so, um, so again, it's the fat, the official fast starts tomorrow, 6 p.m., ends next Sunday, 6 a.m. But for you all that go to the Austin location, if you want to end it after the Saturday morning service, that's fine. Now, we're doing that through the week. For whosoever comes, let them will. That sounded really crazy. I got that backwards. Whosoever will, let them come. So we will do Friday night prayer from 6.30 to 9 for anyone that wants to come out. Now, it's just for whosoever will. So they may be here. They may not. They may have some other stuff to do, including the workers. That's just literally a thing of whoever wants to come out in prayer. We're going to be here and pray to just, just keep pushing through. See, how many of you know that during this situation, these last three, four months, we have been extremely successful? Extremely. But the Bible says the violent takes stuff by force. So you don't back off. When you already, we have plowed through this thing like a locomotive. So guess what? Now we're going to speed. Y'all, it's supposed to be fullness of joy. The Bible says joy unspeakable where, where your life is so good, you don't even know what to say. You can't even praise God. You just sit there like that picture, picture of Michael Jordan on Facebook. He's just sitting there with tears rolling down his face, just looking crazy. He doesn't even know what to say. That's what it's supposed to be like. And so, you know, and again, the termites are working on something. And because we know that. We just keep blasting them and keeping them down and keeping them down. So we're going to do that on Friday night. And then next weekend at both locations, Saturday and Sunday, we're going to do an impartation service. We'll end the fast with communion. We ordered some more bottles of oil. So we'll have a bottle of oil for every single person for, for the next six months. What we do with that bottle of oil, you open it up. Each one will have their own individual one. We already took care of that. You open it up. Put a little spot on your head and you just begin to declare over yourselves as we pray what's going to happen for the next six months. Now, I don't even have to have a show of hands, but I'm going to do it anyway. How many of you know that what we prophesied for New Year's Eve has already come to pass with flying colors in spite of what happened in the world? See? 
So you got another six months, you know, and sometimes when you get a strong word, the enemy comes, boom, knocks you down, but it ain't over yet. You know, we just do it in a little 12 months, you know, it ain't over. You know, uh, how many innings in a baseball game? Nine? Not according to God. <laughs> His thing is, is as many innings as, it needs, as you need to win. Okay, so y'all, y'all ready? Okay, so we'll practice that. We'll be on an early morning prayer call every morning, and then um, um, we do the one on Thursday night. But if you're on a prayer call, if you don't know about that, just seek us, and we'll give you that information in that regards. Let's go ahead and stand. Just going to minister to the men in a moment. <clears throat> and again, if you go to lionheartchurch.org and go to the home page, you'll see a graphic at top. At the top that says seven day fast, you click it, it'll take you to all of the prayers, all of the instructions, etc. And this is uh this is us doing this as we ministered Wednesday night. Apparently, either I or the group forgot to put the message up on Wednesday night. I really apologize. Because that was a very important teaching about the second stage of the mountain. Um, this ministry is very unique in that. You know, and so uh, I, if, 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 if that's not up, I'll make sure that it's up as soon as I get home today. It's a very important message to help you understand where this ministry are. We're at the beginning now of the explosion. Okay, anybody that wants to be used by God will be used by God. It's a rare thing to have a ministry. No matter what you're called to do, it can be fulfilled underneath that same umbrella if the leader gets out the way. And, and let me tell y'all something, y'all. It is a difficult thing to begin to carry the weight of the planet on your shoulders you know these people that are calling in and I'm just shaking my head I'm just like Lord what in the world are we going to do there's people calling in y'all and these people are broken I mean they're calling in you know you can so you can call a fake all you want to but if you got a demon on the other side of you you know and these people calling us from around the world and like can't nobody help us or what this 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 one has been several times this week we went to a bunch of other places it's obvious they didn't even know what they were doing they say, y'all know what y'all doing. And they always say the same thing. Can you please help us? And we say, yeah. So we have a systematic thing now. where We send them to the deliverance website. Watch this video. Look at these terms. We're going to have to do a lot of stuff online and by video. We're going to have to start a whole ministry just for online. Like at the dealership, they have a group of people. That's all they do is try to get you to buy a car online. That's a whole other ministry that has to open up now. It's just online, online. You know, and... Um, so it's just, it can be sad because one represents 10,000. And um, so I don't know what's going to happen with us being more and more public. I just know that every little thing that we put up, somebody starts following. And the, the girl that reached out to me from Norway, I didn't know she was from Norway. She said, sir, she said, I saw an Instagram post and I found out about your church. She said, I know I got, she said, I know I need interhealing and deliverance. She said, can you please help me? So I said, yeah, I said, just give me a call. I said, here's the phone number. Boom, boom, call me and I give you instructions what to do. She emailed me back. Sorry, I'm in Norway. She said, that call is going to be too expensive. So I had to give her instructions. So it's a lot of things that we're looking at. And so this is important. The reason why we have to keep the fasting going is we won't just be dealing with the invisible enemies here. We'll be dealing with the ones from Mexico. We'll be dealing with the ones from Norway, Canada, <laughs> New Zealand all of them in the whole planet because whenever the devil loses a soul or whenever he loses his grip on one those creatures have to go back and give a report how in the world did this happen they said that old crazy church over there in Atlanta 
And so, is there any way for us to destroy it? No, nope. we tried. What witches are available? None. The force, like the demon told me, the force is too strong at that church. And like he told me, then the devil tell him, okay, well, we can't get to him now. Keep looking for a crack and look for the weak ones. Try to get them away from that place because we got to shut that place down. You can't shut a lion down. Any ever seen a rat overcome a lion? People don't, and people call me arrogant, y'all. Jesus is the line of the tribe of Judah, and he said that we are one with him. It's amazing to me, people will receive any label about them except for the one that has been given from the one who died for them. I'm arrogant because I call myself a lion and more than a conqueror. Mozart get attacked all the time because he called himself a king. Well, you rather say I'm a slave? So that's what I say. Religion will mess your behind up. Hey, so, that's what we're going to do. So, you know, we're going to start this. We're just going to have a, I'm just going to pray. And then I'm going to have Randall come forward in a moment. And let's all just bow our heads for a moment. Thank you, Lord. You. And so, we're going to start this off the right way. You know, um, if you're here, I'm not getting ready to call anyone for it. We're going to all repeat a prayer. And you're here and you've never accepted the Lord I see many first time visitors here today and, and I don't know some of them and I just want to make sure that you're all covered the Bible says that if you would confess your sins God is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness the greatest level of pride a man will ever walk in is to refuse the forgiveness that God offers him because you're telling God that he's wrong and you're right you're not worthy of forgiveness and that's a smack in God's face because Jesus died and suffered went to hell over three days and suffered torments you couldn't handle for two seconds and he did that for us so we wouldn't have to go through it Ephesians 2 8 9 says it's that through grace you're saved not of works lest any man should boast in other words giving your life to Christ or getting saved even though the Bible says you're supposed to go to church you can go to church every single day for the rest of your life and miss heaven going to church is figuring out how you live as a son of God but it says you can't work your way to heaven I can't say that because I'm a pastor I'm better than some guy that's an engineer or somebody that's a minister is better than someone that is a street sweeper God values you because of who you are not because you uh, not because of what you do or your skin color or your economic status it says if you believe in your heart and confess that in the form of a prayer it says God will not only change you into another person he will forgive you of your entire past and you receive a new life and you start fresh on today. First John 1 John 1.9 says he will forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Not only forgive you, but cleanse you, turn you into a new person. He said, I'll throw your sins as far as the east is from the west. And as I always say, no sane man can reject something like that. Only a blind man can. And so I'm going to lead everyone in a prayer. This is the prayer of salvation and the prayer of rededication. You know, if there's anyone in here you're concerned about maybe something that you have done in your past, stuff that you've done, you know, it doesn't matter. Sin is sin, and forgiveness is forgiveness when it comes to God. Now, men think otherwise, but I'm, I thank God that what he said is true. He is not a man, okay? Thank you, O Lord God. I don't, I'm going to say this just, keep your heads bowed, eyes closed. I'm going to say this just in case. I could be wrong. But it seems like, I don't know, this is, I don't know. 
off as somebody, could be a Christian or a non-Christian, I don't know, could be somebody It seems to have to do with a police officer or the government or the military, where something that was done in the past and the person won't forgive themselves, you know. Sometimes I have to minister to Vietnam vets. They just can't get over the fact that God will forgive them from killing all those men. You're following instructions, okay? And and so, I don't know what that is, but again, I'm going to say, it doesn't matter what you've done. Men might not forget you, forgive you. God is not a man. Thank God for that. So I'll repeat this prayer. We're going to all repeat it so that those that may be repeating it for the first time, they won't feel isolated or embarrassed. Okay? Jesus said, if you don't know me before men, he said, I'll reject you before my father. You got an eternity to live. So we're going to all repeat this prayer together. It's the prayer of salvation or rededication. Let's all repeat it now. Say, Father. And whoever's in here, if you believe it in your heart, just say it with us. Father, in Jesus' name, I accept what Jesus did for me on the cross at Calvary. He was sent to die for me. He was sent to save me from my sins and eternal destruction. Therefore, I receive Jesus Christ as the price for my sins and the price for my new life. I receive his forgiveness. I receive his blood. I receive his redemption. I thank you that according to your word, you are forgiving me. You are cleansing me, turning me into a new person. My sins are forgiven and are thrown as far as the east is from the west. And you will remember them no more. I receive Jesus as my Lord, my Savior, and my Master. And I thank you. Not only am I forgiven, I am now saved. I'm cleansed, born again, and I'm a member of heaven. Reveal unto me your purpose. Help me to grow, and I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Let's lift our hands. Just thank God for a moment. Father, we thank you and we bless you and we honor you, O Lord God. Thank you, O Lord God. And in this last word, I will say, whether you just prayed that prayer for the first time or you repeated it again because you got off track, or if you've been a solid believer, as I always say, remember this, God forgets, you remember, and Satan reminds. It's very important. God forgets. God forgets what you did. You remember what you did, and Satan will constantly remind you of what you did to try to convince you that God remembered what you did so that you will not move forward. So it's very important that if God forgives you, don't be a person of pride and not forgive yourself. Hey, y'all good? All right. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. All right, Randall, you can come forward. I have one more thing that we're doing.